Persevere Through Challenges, Andrea's Story from Adversity to Success. Have you ever felt like giving up in face of challenges or feeling that you can't succeed when you are facing adversities in life? Then Andrea's story will inspire you. If you would like to learn the tools that helped her go from early adversity to massive success in her life, you are in the right place. Stay tuned. Hello, friends. Joining us today is Andrea Markstrom. Hello, Andrea. Hi, how are you, Dr. Rosina? Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited for you talking to our audience today. Andrea Marchnum has more Thank than you. 25 years track record of success, leading technology and operations department for large corporate organizations and law firms, currently serving as the Chief Information and Technology Officer at Taft Law, recipient of 2019 CIO of the Year Award from the CIO Inspire Leadership Organization. She's the mother of three children and the founder of I Will. That stands for Inspiring Women, Igniting Leadership and Learning. With over 400 members and chapters across the country, IWIL is a forum for women to network, inspire, and learn from each other. If this is the first time you are joining us, my name is Dr. Rosina. I have been helping people with stress, anxiety, and depression for the last 20 years. As a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry, university professor and best-selling author and you are watching and listening to happy and healthy mind with dr rosina where we share practical tips for your mental fitness it is broadcasted live every saturday at 11 o'clock pacific time and if you would like the opportunity to ask questions in future by joining us during the live broadcast you can text us joyful at 38470 and we would be happy to send you links and reminders and remember to like, subscribe, and hit the bell button based on the platform you're watching us. So today we are discussing ways to persevere through life challenges and going from adversity to success. See, everyone faces challenges in life and somehow have to get through the, to be successful. So Andrea, you have been a successful woman in leadership role, both in professional life and personal life, and making a difference in many people's lives. So did you go through challenges in your life? Absolutely. For both, when I think about challenges, it's been a journey for both my professional and my personal personal life. So absolutely, it you do whatever it takes to get through those, but it's been a journey on both on both parts, on both sides. So that we understand, share some of the adversities you faced in the early life and what kind of problems you faced. Yeah, I'll start with a story that really sets the stage for who I've become and how I really, you know, how I operate and and run my life. When I was 18, I was faced with a traumatic assault, a traumatic incident. We had an individual broke into my apartment and uh, threw me out of my apartment window and I broke a number of bones. And so it, what, what happened, not only physically, but it really rattled me from an emotional standpoint. At that point in time, at the stage of, you know, where I was when I was 18, 19 years old, you know, I was at the top of my, you know, top of the world, thought I could take on anything, three jobs. In college, I was uh, dancing professionally with a modern dance company and just ready to take on, you know, again, like I say, take on the world. And that incident just stopped me in my tracks. And so 
I, I had choice and, and that choice was, do I let this take over my life? Do I let this person who invaded my privacy essentially, again, take over me and take over who I am? Or is it time for me to step up and face this and move forward and not let anybody beat me? And that's that's the choice I made. And I was very intentional about it and worked through not only physically at that time, I was very lucky because, again, I mentioned I was in a modern dance company. So recovering from a, my physical injury, injuries happened quite, quite fast. And I was able to begin dancing within three months and also always have been an avid runner in my life. I was able to recover physically, emotionally, it took much longer. And, but I immediately took steps to just take care of that. And again, understand and deal with what it takes to move past an assault or an incident like that. I saw a number of different counselors, went through hypnosis and reached out to those around me that supported me and asked for help. Wonderful. Yeah, we would love to learn some of the things that helped you on your journey. But before we go into that, tell us how your life is now by applying all those tools that you have in your life. You know, I feel very grateful because, and I'll focus first on my professional career. I am now the chief information officer for one of the largest law firms in the United States. And it took a lot of perseverance and grit to get there. And I learned that, you know, from going through everything I went through with my incident and assault that it takes the perseverance and the guts and the grit to move past that. I started my career working for Target Corporation and, and worked very hard and learned as much as I possibly could and volunteered for everything to take on, again, just getting educated and setting, setting my sight for where I wanted to go. Early on in my career, there was a woman at Target who was one of the, the vice presidents and I just admired how she handled herself, admired her leadership and knew early on in my career, I wanted to set my sights. I wanted to go, I wanted to achieve that level at some point in time and mapped out my course and set very direct intentions. I call it workshop your dreams. So mapping your roadmap for what does it take to get to that level? I took a chance and risk. I asked her for a meeting. I was a very, I was a low level voice engineer at the time, just starting out in my technology career. And graciously, she accepted my meeting and was very, very helpful, very insightful with advice on what it takes to get to that level. And I'll never forget some of the words she she said to me, which was create your roadmap, create your dreams and ask for help along the way. But take those mindful steps to get there. That's wonderful. I, I'm sure that that technique can help a lot of our audience and we'll go. So why don't you go ahead and teach us some of the tools that helped you? You started talking about Workshop Your Dreams. So tell us a little bit more. What is Workshop Your Dreams? Absolutely. And I, when I think about the steps that is needed to take to get to a specific point in your career, it's visualizing where you want to go and mapping out what I call your professional roadmap. So what are the steps? What's the education that you need to take? What's your timeline? Who do you need to meet to help get you there? And I'm gonna pause for a moment with that. It's, it's incredibly important to create relationships along the way. I call it be rich in relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of the pieces that I started 
uh, one of the lessons that I started immediately learning early on in my career is to find those that first you connect with and that can help you open the door for opportunities. I call it finding your tribe and informing your tribe. And that can come in a couple of different ways. One, identifying those individuals that are going to open those doors for you, connect you with others that will be important in your career. And I call those career angels. I've, uh, I have two, two career angels that I'm extremely grateful for my entire career who have opened those doors for me. Every role that I've, that I've taken on throughout my career has happened uh, not because I sought it out. It was through those connections. So career angels are extremely important. The other aspect of when I say forming your tribe, it's identifying individuals throughout your career that you can call upon to be your board of advisors. So I think about your, your life is your career. Think about your life and you're the CEO of your life. And who would you want at your boardroom of your company? And so think about that. When you are putting together your career plan, who along the lines, and you're the CEO of your career plan, by the way, who is going to help you along the way? And those are the individuals that you want to invite to be your board of advisors, just as you would as you're setting up your own company. Your board of advisors are going to be, you know, give us some examples. Um, like, let's say I'm a business person and who would be my board of advisor? I would suggest somebody that has helped you out early on in your career, who knows you, who knows first your strengths and your opportunities. So they can help you develop, develop those opportunities, but really focus on your strengths. So those mentors along the way, other individuals to ask to be your board of advisors are those that you, you know, those that you aspire to be at their, their point in their career, or also those that, that you look up to are that you admire. And an example for me is the person that I reported to in my last role. He's the CIO of a large law firm. And I often look to him and go to him to just for advice, lessons learned uh, that he had along the way. And again, just thinking about those board of advisors, you want folks that have a wide range of experience, but are mentors and can be your teachers along the way. Wonderful. Yeah. So like in, in personal life as a parent or as a spouse, like, you know, do you also think about having a board of director for your personal life for which? Absolutely. You yeah. With three kids. I mean, I know the phrase often is it takes a village. It absolutely takes a village. And it is reaching out to your close personal friends, reaching out for some counseling and some advice. I think it's very difficult in these times with social media, with all the pressures that these children have, how can we as a parent be the best for them along the way? So when I think about my professional and my personal, I do have a board of advisors, some crossover, but others, I do have others that are, that are separate and that I go to for help along the way. Wonderful. So you started talking about that work, workshop, your dream. Uh, that was intriguing concept. Can you share a little bit more? How do you workshop your dream? It is, it is going back to, I'm going to call a concept of a roadmap. And it's going back to, again, being very intentional and visualizing where you want to go. I've always wanted to and aspired to be a chief information officer. 
back at Target, the individual that was the woman who is the VP, I set up time with her and asked her what steps did she take. Along the way, I set up several meetings with other individuals that, again, were in that either chief or VP role to find out what did what did it take for them to get there. Understanding and learning that was extremely helpful for me to map out my course. And that that took a lot of hard work, dedication, and commitment. As a woman in technology, Not always, it's not always been easy along the way. I'll say when you are the only woman in a room full of men, often you'll hear the phrase, or often you'll hear, there's, we need to have more women at the table. Absolutely. And we do. And the piece that I will remind women coming up the ranks in IT is your perspective is as important as anybody else at that table. And that's advice that I got early on. So as I continued to rise in my career as a leader of a woman in technology, I kept thinking my perspective is as important and don't lose that confidence along the way and to continue to be bold ask questions, make your voice be known. That was very difficult for me at first. It took me many years early on in my career because I was very intimidated around sitting around the table with you know, brilliant talent around me, but it took that perseverance, the guts, and the courage to speak up. Going back to my roadmap, it's being intentional and mapping out not only what it takes. So getting education and the knowledge is one thing, but being very open to taking on new assignments that are outside of your job description was very important. And I've always done that throughout my career. Every career that I was in, I set out, or every role that I was in, I set out and mapped out my own personal goals and objectives and set a timeline for myself that by this point, this is, you know, this is what I want to achieve. So that's really, you know, mapping out your course, I'm writing down your intentions, writing down your goals and the timeline. That's what I've done. And that's what's helped me. That's what I would suggest for anybody working through their career. And then I can't say enough about forming those relationships and asking for help. This is another lesson I've learned along the way took me about 20 years to learn this, but is to just ask. For example, if, you know, this is one that I was always afraid of is negotiating my salary. I thought, oh, you know, being offered this role, I'm just grateful for that. Well, you are, you're worth, you're worth it. And so it's time to step up and ask for what you're worth. Again, it took me about 20 years to realize and to figure that out, that it's okay to ask for what you want. And you'll be very surprised, pleasantly surprised with the outcome. But before you do that, before you just dive in and do that, reach out to your board of advisors. That's what I did. How do I frame up that conversation about how to negotiate my salary? Having the background and the education, doing the research to know Here's what, you know, here's what these roles are paid for. Are, are you know, these are the roles, the, the compensation that these roles are, are making in not only within your geographic area, but across the country. So it's important to have the knowledge and the right education and the research, but also your approach in framing that up. So before you just ask, it's, it's preparing. And I can't say enough about preparing and over-preparing. And that's something I've always done for any interview that I've done. I, I script the whole thing out in my head and also on paper 
And it just helps me frame it up and go after what I want to ask for. So thinking about workshopping your dreams and going back to charting out your roadmap. A few things I would ask or just remind people to keep in mind is be intentional, map out and write out what you'd like to achieve, who's going to help you and ask for that help. And then ask writing down, what do you want and how are you going to get there? And what's the education and the research that you have to put in, the hard work that you have to put into to get to that point? So sometimes it is really hard for people to know what they want. How do you figure out what you want? For me, and I've definitely been encountered with that, it is, it's talking with my board of advisors to really do some soul searching on what, what kind of role is going to make you happy and what kind of role is going to fulfill you along your professional career. For me also, it's important that I, I mix professional and personal life. When you are with, you know, within, when you're at your job and you're leading a team of people, you need to be 100% you and be authentic. And, and I didn't always do that. And over the course of the last couple of roles that I had, I just started to learn. That's when I really started to learn the, the importance and the value of being you. And when you're true to yourself, you're going to start to learn what you want and and what you don't want. You're going to start to start to recognize the red flags of it's not the type of environment that I want to be in and that's okay. That's okay to say no to something like that. Yeah. You know what I have seen is many people know what they don't want but they don't know what they do want. And so I also encourage people to write down if if you were to create your ideal life and you know when i'm interviewing employees i ask them if you could create your own ideal job what would it look like and so allowing yourself to dream and then putting them down on the paper has an effect of creating that roadmap so many times people don't automatically know what they want but as they start writing and as they start reflecting things start getting clarified yeah i completely agree with that dr rosina i would also mention to ask yourself, what what don't you, I think you reference this, what don't you want? And what are some of those experiences, you know, throughout your career that, that didn't feel very good? And I mean, then, you know, that's that you can chart out either the types of environment or the types of roles to stay clear of something like that. And many times things are not completely in your control. There are certain things that are in your control and then there are certain things that are not in your control. But if you do set up intention, 75% of the life could be according to your desire. 25 still, 25% still is not going to be according to your desire. But if you don't chart, you don't reflect what you really want, then only 25% would be what your desire because if you don't choose, environment is going to choose for you. Agree, agree. And along the way, it's so important to have those champions. And, you know, I continually refer to either career angels or your board of advisors, but they're your champions because you will have, unfortunately, naysayers along the way. An example of that, as I was growing within my career, again, going to being a woman in technology, I, I've had, you know, remarks throughout the, my journey of, you know, you 
you've never led a development group. You're, you know, you're not going to make that CIO role or as a woman, it's going to be really tough getting there. And I just, I let that just run, you know, run off me and, and not, not even be concerned. You know, it's, it's understanding when to open your eyes for opportunities, but also understanding when you just need to let some of those comments roll off your shoulders um, and move past those. And, and, you know, going back to the people that support you to say, you know what, this is what I heard today. Really? I mean, I don't believe that. So I'm here to say you don't, don't always believe what, you know, individuals that are, may not be in your best interest share with you and go back, you know, and talk about that with, with the people that support you, your champions, because that, those people are going to be extremely helpful, not only getting you through that, but opening the doors for you. And, you know, that's why human beings are kind of intelligent beings. <laughs> so you can hear everybody's because everybody is thinking from their own perspective. And so hear that, you know, learn from that. You don't have to adopt it completely, but you see the overall picture and make your own decision based on all the information that you receive. So you were kind of earlier when we were talking about you talked about how you dreamt about I will. So tell us how did that go? Yeah, I, it, you know, when I think about I will, it just makes me smile. It's I've always dreamt about creating a forum for women to connect, inspire and learn from each other. And one of my past roles, I was the CIO for a large firm based out of New York and was commuting back and forth between Minnesota and New York and was looking for uh, you know, a networking group, women's networking group to connect with others. And I met some amazing women leaders while I was in New York attending various events and found these women leaders. They were all from all different industries, all different levels. And when I asked them, you know, there's a number of amazing women's networking groups, but what I found is they were rather exclusive. So either C-levels or C-levels only, or women in technology, or women in legal tech. And I thought, you know what? Again, some of these amazing women that I've met are not in technology, but we can learn from each other. We all have a story to share. And so I thought it's time to start. I asked, you know, I set up the first event and asked some of these women that I've met uh, if they would attend and took a risk and courage and was, um, you know, extremely nervous at our first event to see if anybody would show up. And I was just grateful that people did. But that's where it started is just asking, you know, it's going back to that philosophy of taking a risk and just ask and asking people for help. I'll fast forward to today. We're over 400 members strong and growing weekly. We've got now chapters in five different states. And the networking forum is just one piece, and it's been really just wonderful to watch people connect with each other, share stories. I've seen you know, women that have connected with each other and have went off in a whole different trajectory with their career, which is, that's exactly what it's about, is pulling people together um, to inspire each other. The other, I'm going to also talk a little bit about another dream that I have with I Will is to, I always say, you know, we always have an opportunity to give back. As women leaders, we have that opportunity to, to give back and to help others rise. And so we just formed a grant fund called I Will Accelerate. 
And it's to help women founders to, what I say, launch their dreams, start their, start their companies. How can we help you? Either in terms of mentorship, because there are a number of women founders as part of, I will, number of entrepreneurs. But then also, can we provide you some monetary resources just to even get started? That's our next, our next journey with I Will, and I'm super excited about it. Wonderful, wonderful. So if somebody wants to join I Will, like, you know, me or some women who would like to join, how would we do that? The, the easiest way is if you wanted to send me a message via LinkedIn. And I know Dr. Rosina will be sharing my contact information after. But there's no charge to, no fee to join. And it's as simple as that. Just send me a message and I will make sure that you're added for future events. We have a wonderful event coming up on September 30th called the Board Bootcamp. And if you've ever wondered, what does it take to get on a corporate board? Or on the flip side, if you're a founder and if you need people to join your board, how do you go about that? That's exactly what this event is all about. So I hope for listeners, if you're interested in that, please do send me a message and we'll make sure you get information on it. So if I join, I would be able to attend these events. Absolutely. And then would be able to talk to people also if I need help. Absolutely. What we do for each each event and at one um, pre-pandemic, I'll say we got together in person and I, I dearly miss that. And I look forward to having that opportunity again. So now everything is virtual. And after each event, we've got after the speaker of each event, we save time for networking. So we do breakout rooms, a little bit smaller audience so people can really get to know each other and meet each other. And we also share the entire I Will membership. So you've got an opportunity right there to connect with folks as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm realizing we're getting towards the end of the program. So and I would ask India if you have any, can you summarize your message before we go to the special of the day? Absolutely. You know, when I think about everything that I've learned along my journey, both professionally and personal, it's having, you know, again, the guts, the grit to go for it. I always, I think about, you know, I, I, call them the three rules. And if you do not go for what you want, you'll never have it. So why not take a risk and try? That's rule one. Rule two, if you do not ask, the answer will always be no. So I've referred several times in this session to just ask. And I would encourage you to do so. You'll have some really wonderful results. And then third, if you do not step forward, you'll always be in the same place. So learning early on, you know, after the assault that I had, it's if I didn't take a step forward, I would still be back in that time. And take that step forward, take that leap. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And so just reminding the audience, if you guys would like to get information about Andrea and her wonderful program of I Will and other gifts that we give every time in these programs and get the reminders for these programs in future. We have this system where you can text JOYFUL to 38470 and you would be able to get those reminders and those links. I just found out that this, if you are not in US and you are joining us from other parts of the world and you'd like to join, please join our Facebook group, Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina. And I'll be sharing these information in the group and all the resources that we give out as gifts. And so now are you ready for the special? Yeah, let's hear about it. All right. So the special for today is a mindful mistake 
that many people make, you know, mindfulness practice mistake that I've seen people make. So, you know, you have heard the word mindfulness, right? Yeah. So people say that stay in the present moment. Don't think about the past. Don't think about the future and stay in the present. And it's a very wise approach. But some people go through this difficulty understanding how can you forget about past? If you forget totally about past, then you are likely to do mistakes again and again, right? And then if you don't think about future, then you can't dream of all the dreams that you're talking about, right? So how do you and so how do you not think about past or future, stay in present and still be able to benefit uh, from both past and uh, future? So one of the analogy that helps me and a lot of my patients is called rearview mirror analogy. So let's say, for example, when you are driving, you have uh, in modern driving, you have a GPS, right? So you, that shows you the direction that tells you where you want to go. And then you have a rear view mirror that you can look, look so that you it can guide you to change your lanes and stuff. So both have their role. What would happen if you start just totally staring at the rear view mirror? <laughs> you get into the accident, right? And if right, you start, right. Uh, just focusing on your GPS, then you won't be able to focus on, and again, you would be at risk of accident. So what you do, you use your rear view mirror when you need it, and you look at the GPS from time to time so you can stay on the right direction, but most of your focus is where you are driving. Similarly in life, you know, past experiences are lessons to learn from. So spend maybe 10% of your time focusing on past. Planning for future, thinking about future is like GPS. So plan your future, dream about it so that you can set the direction, but spend most of the time focusing on what you are doing in the present moment. And you can benefit from both the past and future planning and past lessons and still be, stay, be able to stay in the present and enjoy the life fully. So I have a question to audience. Please go ahead and put in the comments how much time do you spend thinking about the past? How much time do you spend thinking about the future? And how much time you are mentally, physically, totally aware of the present moment and enjoying moment by moment, intentionally and judgmentally. With that note, stay happy and healthy and see you next time.